Welcome or welcome back to Lift You Up, Inspiring Health Stories. I'm your host, Tamika Bickham, and I'm also the founder of TB Media Group. But for the purpose of this podcast, you can call me your health and wellness matchmaker. Before I introduce you to today's guest, you know what I'm going to ask you to do. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube and also connect with me on LinkedIn. I'd love to see you there. Now today you're going to meet Sam Reynolds. She went from the legal field to an international yoga teacher. That's fun, right? She's lived abroad for several years and then she came back and started curating wellness events throughout South Florida. Really cool concepts. And she's also talking about how coronavirus has impacted her business. Our physical, mental, and emotional health is not just a want. It is a need for happy lives and prosperous businesses. Lift You Up is the podcast where we share inspiring health stories from business owners who are fulfilling their purpose to live their healthiest lives and helping you do the same. From former TV reporter to marketing entrepreneur and content creator, I care about sharing stories that matter and stories that connect us. I'm your host, Tamika Bickham, your health and wellness matchmaker. Well, today I am joined by Sam Reynolds. And you know, I have to shout out when someone is also a University of Miami hurricane. So go Canes. (laughs) Um, And Sam is the founder of Cafe Namaste. She's an international yoga teacher. And there's so much more. So I'm going to turn it over to you, Sam, and tell us a little bit more about you. Tamika, thank you so much for having me today. Um, that That is true. I, I, I do teach yoga both here and abroad. And I developed Cafe Namaste, uh, a wellness brand focused on bringing people together through community empowerment and impact. And uh, my background's uh, it's a, bit, it's a bit different. I, I used to uh, work in the Czech Republic and Rwanda. So prior to my, my yoga teaching career, I would say, I worked for the University of Miami for six years in the Czech Republic, uh, working in a study abroad program that focused on Holocaust studies in 20th century European history. And from there, then I moved to Rwanda, where I worked with a nonprofit that empowered orphan teens. So I spent my time there and, and I finally came back. I finally moved back to the US after six years and discovered yoga in 2014, 2015. And that's when my life changed. That's when I started uh, paying attention to what I eat. That's when I took my first group exercise class ever at the age of 29, 30 years old. That's really when it all started. And this, the study of yoga began for me, the study of yoga, the study of the self. It's really interesting. I want to go back to your decision to move abroad, um, because these are definitely two different kind of career paths that you've had. So where did that idea come from to move overseas? I was studying law. So when I was at University of Miami, I was in a master's program for international administration and relations. I guess at that point in my life, my dream career would have been working for the United Nations in human rights. And through my program at University of Miami, they had an exchange program at the law school in Prague. And I I didn't plan this. And I I swear, one of my friends, she looked at me one day and said, do you want to study abroad with me? 
And I didn't really think about it. I, I thought I was just going to go from my master's onto law school right away. And I said, well, why not? Maybe that, that maybe I would. And I said, yes. And my three months turned into five years there. Oh my goodness. Wow. And I really, I, I, I fell in love with this new world. I, I finished my master's at UM and I was offered a position at the university there. So I went off the path of law and in, into studies and, and education and history. And I thought that work was profound and educating students and guiding students to these profound places of, uh, I, I would say, learning experiences, uh, learning about history. And, and I stayed and I, and I loved the work. I loved working with students and, and showing them and bringing awareness to a different, uh, a different side of the world. From there, I had always had an interest in Rwanda. I studied it in my master's program. And uh, what was always interesting to me in learning and, and the same in the Czech Republic is how do you transcend uh, violence? How do you transcend mass suffering? And I, I studied that uh, in the Holocaust and also experiencing and witnessing and, and living in the aftermath of, uh, of a genocide. So what, what was it, it was, a, like? it was a, a very different uh, trajectory and career, but I think those experiences brought abroad shaped the yoga teacher that I am today and, and led me to that path. So at what point, um, so you, you moved from Prague to Rwanda. Mm-hmm. Um, and how long were you in Rwanda? One year. One year. At what point, I mean, was it just supposed to be one year or? It was, it was a contract okay. position. Okay. So from Rwanda, you come back to South Florida? Yes. And what was that like? I felt like a, uh, an alien, really. I, I, I didn't know if I fit in or if I belonged. I moved back in with family, but it had been six years. And when you live somewhere else for that long, things change, culture changes. And, and I didn't feel like I fit in anywhere. And I felt that way for a long time. And I, and I thought, I thought I could get back into the swing of things. I thought I could just go and apply for a job and things would be okay, but they weren't, they were different. I think I was in shock. And I think at that point, I mean, I, I can't say for sure if I would label it, but I mean, it's almost a post-traumatic stress of living in, intensely. So when I lived in Rwanda, I lived in a community of 500 uh, people. We were outside of the main city. So when you have that small community, you know everybody's name and you know your neighbors and, and you know the kids that come and have coffee with you and, and you're in this really tight-knit community and then you leave that very suddenly. Um, it was just a shock. It was something that took a long time to um, transition to back into this, this way of life in the United States. And that's when I started practicing yoga. So when, what, was it immediate when you came back or did it take you some time to figure out, hey, okay, I want to start practicing yoga? And where did that motivation come from? Actually, uh, my mom. She invited me to a yoga class. So when I got back, I, I, had, I had nothing at this point. So I left all my clothing in Rwanda. I had one backpack. And I moved back. I didn't have a phone, a car. I mean, I had nothing. I was basically this transplant living in the United States. 
I had I didn't know anybody in the U.S. at this point in South Florida, except my mom. It was literally saying yes to a class that my mom asked me to go to with her. And in that class, was it something immediately were you like, I want to learn more. I want to do this more. What was it that made you feel like, okay, I want to continue practicing? It was a restorative class. It was a peaceful, gentle class. I thought, wow, there's something to this. Like I, I liked the way I felt in this. I felt more at peace. I felt happier and I wanted to do it again. And that's what really sparked this, uh, drive to, to practice yoga. Um, and this was also the time too. Um, my, my yoga journey also coincided with my, my fitness journey too. So at this point in my life, I'd never taken a fitness class. And, and never, never, not once. I mean, living in Rwanda, we, uh, we ran occasionally, but that wasn't really right. It, it's not really the, the main thing. And then even in the Czech Republic, I, I think the, the era of this, uh, these studios and fitness classes didn't really pop up when I was living in, in Europe at the time. It all, it all came together. And that was the year that I really started focusing on myself, hmm. taking care of myself. I, I, was, I was exhausted and drained and I, I realized that I needed to uh, take care of me. Did you find that you were discovering yourself when living abroad as well? And is like, are those some of the parallels? Maybe walk us through some of the parallels that you saw from like your experiences overseas and what drew you to yoga? I didn't know what I knew now, what I know now. So I, I didn't even label it as discovering of self. I wouldn't even even had that awareness. I don't even think I knew what the word yoga was before I came back to the United States. So I, I lacked that awareness of understanding. I learned and, and working in Rwanda that, those were long days. Um, those were long emotional days. So I don't, I don't think I had the awareness to even know if this was a journey of the self. Um, and I had this blog name, Journeys for the Soul. So, I mean, I had some level of understanding that all of these tied into uh, this work and this, this life that we have on this planet. But in relation to yoga and understanding how that interrelated and how that worked with, with my practice and with, with me, I, I, didn't, I didn't wake up until 2014, 2015. Mm. And so when I came back, there was kind of some realization too that uh, it's kind of a dismal outlook, but gosh, there's always suffering. There's always, there's always pain and suffering throughout time. And I think that has always existed in, in hum humans, yeah. humans and the violence of humans, I guess. And realizing what I could control was how I reacted and, and how I responded and, and how I took care of myself. So tell me where you are now. So right, you, you came back from living overseas. Um, you started practicing yoga. What happened from there and kind of take me through that point to where you are now? Because I know you've had, um, you know, some new things that you've started since then, some new projects. Right. 
So in 2015, that's when I really started practicing yoga. And I wanted to learn more. I wanted to study more. And the, I guess that's the academic in me that wanted to read the books and the texts and the history and, and really understand the why. And one thing led to another. And I was offered a scholarship or a work exchange to take this teacher training in South Florida in exchange for cleaning the studio every week. And at this point, I, I didn't know anybody in the U.S. I, I didn't have a job. I, I couldn't find a job. I didn't even have a car. So I remember you know, they used to message me through Messenger, Facebook Messenger, to get to work. But that is when I said yes. And it was really being open to saying yes to things. Um, so I said yes to yoga, um, yes to teaching, and things just led, they, keep, they kept snowballing or kept building on each other. And I was in the other coast, and I realized I wanted to live in a bigger city again. I feel like my other time on the other coast of Florida was kind of my, my self-study, my quiet time. And, and how can I get back into the world again? And that's when I moved back to Miami and started teaching. Last year, started uh, Cafe Namaste as this pop-up wellness event that not only focused on the yoga practice of, of yoga poses, but also just living differently, uh, living with intention and awareness, learning about startups, to celebrate life and thrive. So that's the tagline of Cafe Namaste and that everyone has that potential to, to live their dharma, to find something that sparks joy in them. Uh, whether, whether it is creating your own clothing line, uh, trying a new food or building, building something, but everybody has something unique to offer and something of value to this world. And when you tap into that, I, I think the world's a much better place, to be honest. And so that's what Cafe Namaste represented, not only the yoga practice, but just also seeing people celebrate life, celebrate their life and doing what they love. Right. I love what you said about kind of tapping in to, you know, your purpose. And when you do, it makes the world a better place. I totally agree with that because I think a lot of times people kind of fight whatever that is that they really feel in their heart or they feel connected to and they feel that they're performing their best at. So it's almost like in a sense you were doing that for yourself while helping others do that at the same time. Yes. And, and I think that also came for me too. There's so many expectations of what someone should and shouldn't be doing. For me, example, I mean, I could have easily studied law and, and gone that path if that's what I really wanted, but I didn't. And so now I wear yoga pants and I like being this multi-passionate entrepreneur. I like a lot of different things, and I think that's okay. And I like what you said, too, about sometimes it's just kind of saying yes to things, right? Like in your story, your friend said, hey, do you want to study abroad with me? And you said yes. And then when you came back, your mom said, hey, do you want to come to a yoga class with me? And you said yes. And those opportunities you took to say yes to things ultimately led you closer to um, doing what you really wanted to do. Yes. Yes. I, <laughs> I would say uh, yes is a really uh, powerful word when, when At, you're ready and you're open to, to open to something new. And, and it can be scary. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, there Every time I've said yes to live in another country, it's also, ooh, wow, okay, here we go again. 
different right. culture, different society, different way of living, I mean, everything. I'll be sure to link to Cafe Namaste below in the show notes. But for those, you know, I know we just briefly touched on it, but can you paint the picture um, as an example of what one of those events looked like? You know, you kind of walk in or it's outdoors, you're walking around, kind of tell me what you see, what's happening at one of these pop-ups that you put together. So... Pretty much every Cafe Namaste event involved food. Food is love to me, so that's one of the things that I do even in my home if you're a guest. Um, serving food is something that was important to me. So every event, um, it's usually outside um, or in a space that welcomes or fosters community. And it was really a place to connect, so that was critical for me. Um, I wanted moments in enough time for people to connect with each other because that's um, where I find the greatest source of uh, I would say enjoyment or peace so there was always an opportunity uh, at every at every event there was always an icebreaker so breaking up into small groups and breaking down the barrier getting people off of their their yoga mat which can be uncomfortable sometimes um, in a new situation a new setting um, so that was one thing that we always that we always have as an icebreaker and then there would be the class and at the end there's always an intention intention setting so each person would receive a card and they would write down whatever came up for them in meditation and usually there was a prompt or a theme for each event and uh, they would share it within their group so they go back to their group and then at the end i'd have an open platform so anyone can share um, i really find it powerful for to give the opportunity for people to speak how many of these were you able to put on? How long, I guess, when did you start it? And- uh, June was our was the one-year anniversary. So okay. it would have been 12 had we completed, but the last one that I had was uh, March 1. So let's talk about COVID-19 then, because I feel right. like we have to, right? So how we have this, to. yeah, how has this whole, you know, pandemic Obviously, it's affected events greatly. So how has this personally affected you and your business? Uh, I, I went from pretty much operating 100% down to maybe 5%. Um, it was a really dr- a harsh, drastic blow pretty quickly. It went from um, expanding into two cities, having Capital One as a big contractor, working with Tesla, working really big companies, to literally zero overnight. And that, that was, that was a shock. That was, that was a hard, uh, was a hard blow. And it, I, I mean, nobody would have expected or imagined this. I mean, it just, it, it came so quickly. And then we thought it was only going to be a short time and then just months dragged on. And uh, the future is so uncertain right now with, with that in particular. Some countries are going with events now. Some, there, there's some, there's some hope. There's some, uh, light, but it it was a heavy blow. How are you dealing with that? Because I mean, I think a lot of us can relate to you're on this like upward trajectory and you're growing and you know, there's something to be said for momentum, right? And then all of a sudden it's just like, stop. Absolutely. Um, I'm not going to lie. It was stop. I mean, as a yoga teacher, just because you teach yoga doesn't mean you, you're this... <laughs> peaceful guru all the time. I'm still, a, I'm still a human. So, I mean, it, it was depressing. It, it was, it was bad. It was, there was, there was moments where I didn't want to get out of bed, to be honest. 
what helped me or what is continuing to help, I, I made it a point to run every day. And I didn't, I, I didn't really run before. I actually broke my ankle running outside two years ago. So I was, I was afraid to run outside. But I got over that fear pretty quickly. Um, I, I needed an outlet to, to stay healthy and, uh, and to really to release the anger, really. I mean, it was, it was anger. It was anger. It was sadness. I mean, it, it was the stages of grieving, really, when you think about it. I went through that whole process. It's, and, and when you own your own business, too, or when you own your own concept or brand, it's like a baby to you. Um, and mm-hmm. If you don't own your business or you don't, if you've never done that, you don't understand that feeling, but it's definitely like an extension. Something that um, helped was reaching out to friends and family. Um, I'm so glad that I I had that support and and staying healthy and being aware and consciously stepping away from anything that would uh, sink me further. I mean, it would be very easy, I could see, to um, honestly go into and just buy a bottle of wine every night and just, you know, drink away my sorrows. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I made a conscious decision. I thought, Ooh, this is, this could be a slippery slope. And uh, so I kept, I kept alcohol out of the house. Um, I focused on working out. I had weights at home. So, um, and then I, and then I got out into nature. So I was very fortunate that I did um, have access to water. And that's where I would go every morning and, and wake up with the sunrise. So I, instead of, instead of Cafe Namaste, I just started live streaming the sunrise every morning and holding myself accountable. And, and I think where there's light, there's hope. And, and reminding myself and everyone else that everything's temporary. And I think holding yourself accountable is so important, especially now, because I know others, myself included, has really struggled with this time and kind of having a structure, having a routine and, you know, just being totally thrown off by, okay, you know, you're in your house now all the time. You have a, you have to create a new routine. You're not necessarily in that space where you're getting out and being healthy. Um, do you have any tips for people who, how, how they can help kind of keep their selves accountable. I, I mean, I love that idea if you can maybe live stream the sunrise every morning, but um, is there another way that maybe it would apply, um, you know, to a variety of people to help keep us accountable, at least getting out and, and being healthy every day? What I found uh, f- for me, a couple things. Um, one, it was having a community. So having Knowing, so when I started these sunrises, because um, that was something that was taken away from people, really, access to water and, and, and seeing, seeing the sunrise. And uh, I, I noticed that people were impacted by that. And every little thing that you do impacts others. Um, so having that community and that support there every morning um, lifted my spirits to keep going. And in terms of fitness and wellness, I I just started documenting. So I I held myself accountable in that respect, uh, making sure, so running or doing something um, as well as yoga. So I had filmed and I've actually uh, pre-recorded classes all the way through the summer. Um, So that was something that that I did that I needed, um, not only for myself, but I knew that could help um, everyone else too. Something uh, that's really important, whatever you do or don't do, is to be kind to yourself. 
and that this right now, what we're going through around the world is a collective trauma. There's a lot, there's a lot happening. Um, so I don't take that lightly. So if you can be kind to yourself in the morning, five, 10 minutes, do something uh, that you enjoy. Maybe it's reading, maybe it's reading something spiritual or uplifting. Maybe it's just taking three deep breaths. You don't know how to meditate, that's fine. Uh, maybe it's just turning off social media for a while. Um, I actually, I broke my phone during this whole time too. So um, I, was, I was without a phone for weeks and uh, wow, what a, what a breath of fresh air that was too. Um, just not having this, this phone being constantly on all the time. And I don't know about you, I, I used to record my, my usage time and it spiked. I mean, it went up drastically when, when uh, March hit. And mm -hmm. So I, I would say find a community, find someone that can hold you accountable or that can check in on you, make sure that you're okay or form a, form a group. Say, ha have a, have a Zoom meeting with your friends or something that you're able to share your progress, hold you accountable. Absolutely. I would really agree with that. Um, what do you think is next? Um, one, next for you, and two, next for, I guess, the, the fitness, wellness, uh, yoga industry when it comes to these in-person classes. Do you see the industry changing? Kind of what do you see happening maybe over the next six months? That's a good, I've, I've thought about this. Um, yeah. People need other people we we are not meant to be alone um, we're not reptiles we don't live in solid i mean solitary confinement solitary isolation uh, that that just i just don't see that existing in a world with people um, humans need other humans um, at, at the most basic level <laughs> of 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 nature and, and the fact that we're primates and live in groups of people, it's, it's how we operate. So I do think we will get back. I don't know when, um, I, can't, I can't say, but I do see other countries slowly opening up and, and it could take a while, but just as quickly as this all happened, it can quickly rebound, in my opinion. I mean, we've only been going through all of this for the last four months. So you think that your entire lifetime, <laughs> this has taken four months to do. So I do believe that there's hope that, that we could go back, but there, there will definitely be, I would say just changes in regulation, changes in sanitary conditions overall. Um, and, and who knows, maybe there might be, there might be a shift um, of shift of populations. So, so it's going to be an interesting time for the, the fitness industry and the yoga industry. I see a lot more um, happening online right now. Um, but again, it's mixed because people still need people. The, the hugs, the direct interaction, the smiles. I, I think there's definitely, um, and I, I know I'm craving that, you know. When I received a hug for the first time, I thought, oh my, you know, this is, <laughs> what is this? So, yeah. Uh, I, like, I think it will wait, go we're back. We're not supposed to be doing that, but then it's like, oh, well, this was nice. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I, I think we'll go back. Yeah. And what's next for you? Next for me, that's a good question. Um, um, I think events will come back. 
And uh, for, for the immediate future for me, I, I put a pause on everything just with a, a move that I'm going through personal. Um, so I need to take care of that first. Um, but I, I, do, I do have that faith that um, things, will, things will come back. No, absolutely. They will. Like you said, people need people and not just, you know, across a, a computer screen. Exactly. As much as I love this, people need to be around other people. <laughs> so I know that I definitely want to support you. Others want to support you um, in your journey. So tell us how we can connect with you, learn more about you, stay connected. Absolutely. So you can find all my information on journeysforthesoul.com or Instagram at journeysforthesoul. I do have TikTok, but I have not become a... a heavily involved in TikTok yet. So um, that's the same, that's the same username. And then for all of the events that I do and that we'll, we'll do in the future, that's Cafe Namaste underscore MIA. Awesome. I'll be sure to link to all that below uh, in the show thank notes. Thank you so much. No, of course. And, you know, if people at least want to stay in contact with you in the immediate future, they can for sure connect with you on Instagram and stay tuned for your live sunrises in the morning. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Sam. I appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. Have a great day. I really connected with Sam. I loved her story. I love how candid she was. And I love her positivity throughout it all. Make sure you connect with her below. Until next time, I hope you subscribe on YouTube, connect with me on LinkedIn, and I'd love to hear what you think. Leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps more people find the show, and it also helps me continue to create content that you want to see. So I hope you stay happy, stay healthy. I'll see you next week.